Welcome back once again to the Black Techies Podcast, where black culture meets the world of technology. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. But something about black culture and something about the world of technology. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm David. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Packet Stiller. Uh, you can also follow the Black Techies uh, on Twitter and, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Black Techies. Uh, we're everywhere. Just search for us. Search for us. You will probably be the first uh, Google search hit if you search for us. But, uh, but yeah, so on the line, we got, once again, Herb and Dominique. What's up? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we, were, uh, we were just talking about uh, March Madness about to begin, and uh, unfortunately, we have uh, two people on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to uh, college basketball or college sports. I don't know. Uh, one is yeah, a. I don't know if you call. They in the same conference, but they not in the same. You know, they they in the same building, but they got different views. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, man. He likes Duke. I like Maryland, dude. That that's not gonna. It's gonna not gonna mesh. <laughs> I only have a dog in the fight because I, I don't want you. I'm a Maryland and Carolina. <laughs> I'm a Maryland and Carolina fan, and he's a Duke fan. Oh, so, well, okay. Well, see, that's a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Carolina, we got beef with Carolina, but Maryland, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, not really in that conversation for real. Uh, hey, they're technically least, in two conferences, depending on what sport you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about the history of the ACC. Yeah, Maryland and Duke have, have, a, pretty, have a pretty colorful history. So, but, we're, but they're no longer in both conferences, which is you know, which is correct. You know, we've we've uh, hence moved to the Big Ten and out of ACC country. But yeah, um, y'all still Duke, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just uh, you of know, course. y'all still Duke. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out which uh, which uh, rivalry is worse: Ohio State, Michigan, or Duke and Carolina. <laughs> Duke. Duke yeah, so it Duke, depends on what Duke. sport you're talking about. You talking about basketball is. Duke Carolina. It's yeah, you're talking about football is Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, to go ahead and get get started. So for those listening, we're, we're going to try. We're going to try to have like a consistent format throughout the podcast going forward. So we're going to start off with with a few news stories. And uh, just recently, for those who have been following the Game Developer Conference, a uh, Google just introduce stadia or is it stadia i don't know stadia which yeah, is like stadia. their <laughs> their cloud gaming cloud-based game streaming platform which uh if you're counting that's like number five number six on the number of game streaming platforms that's uh coming up uh but um but yeah basically uh you'll be able to stream a bunch of games on there and like what's kind of unique with state with stadia is that it'll be be able to hook into YouTube, of course, and like you'll be able to not only stream the game on YouTube, but if you're watching the stream, you could literally play the game with them just by clicking the link in the stream while you're watching it. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And so like they they you know they're claiming that it'll support 4K HDR at 60 frames per second, and then later on that down the line, they're promising 8K. Cool. At 120 frames per second, which is kind of insane, because uh, current graphics cards can't even do that. Not even the high end, high end ones can do that. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty. It's pretty amazing. So I kind of want to get you all's thoughts on that, and like how how is it how it kind of uh, meshes with the rest of the game streaming uh, wars, I guess. <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll say this just from watching the developer conference and and you know knowing what kind of cloud infrastructure that Google has at their disposal and the technology that they already utilize. They already have, you know, just for business and professional purposes, they already have one of the more robust, you know, cloud data center environments that you can find out there. Um, what's and, and watching the conference and, and seeing what they were what they're trying to do, um, it's got a lot of potential if they do it the right way. I mean, you're talking about you know the first cloud gaming platform that's going to be, you know, strictly utilizing uh, Google's data center cloud technology, and that, you know, just what that kind of means for the layman that's listening out there is that, you know, no matter who you know clicks into the system from where, they're going to be close to a data center, and and hence they're going to be closer to, uh, you know, a point where they can stream or or just utilize the hardware with the least, utilize the actual virtual access with the least amount of latency possible. And that is something that is, that promises to be a really, a really, really effective means of delivering this product to the, to the customer. So, um, you know, if they, if they follow through on the promises that, I mean, it has a really, it has a really good shot to, to, to really be something that is very appealing to, you know, the gaming community in general. And, you know, the fact that you could probably, well, the fact that it's already gotten into the market where you can play it from every de any device, you know, including Chromecast Ultras, which is, you know, uh, if that's actually the case, that would be absolutely amazing, you know, that you can just get, you know, a $35 or $60 piece of hardware plug it up to the back of your television and you've potentially got you know a cloud gaming platform right there so um, were you able to um to uh play the project stream demo that they had last last fall uh i was not able to play that um even though i was trying i think i got i got in on the tail end of it um and so i didn't get a chance to actually get my hands on it and play it but um and playing you know the current, you know, flavor of the month in terms of cloud gaming, which is, you know, shadow, the, the shadow apparatus and shadow infrastructure. Um, I mean, it, it will be a viable addition to the cloud gaming wars, in my opinion. I mean, not only that, it would just, I mean, it, will, it could potentially change how we view cloud gaming. Um, I mean, it's, it's just... It, it's very ambitious. I'll just say that, and it's something that, if done correctly, and Google is really serious about, you know, devoting all their resources to accomplishing it, they're gonna accomplish something really, really cool. Any uh, thoughts, uh, Dominique? Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's a. Uh, I'm. I have not used any of these yet. I'm. I'm looking forward to the time. I know they're not. They're not good enough yet to be. Um, mainstream, uh, or at least for like for solo play for solo games, it's fine. But you just there's no way you can tell me that you can get the latency down, or, or in a multiplayer like shooter like Call of Duty or something where you can be competitive. You might get where it's fun, but the the um. inherent like um, the inherent 
packet like, like the, the the I'm trying to figure out the word that I'm looking for. It's the the most people's internet is not on a they're not getting a steady bandwidth, right? So the fluctuating bandwidth, the um, just the, the nature of, of of internet and and broadband internet is such that all it takes is one little little drop and you are no longer able to play this game. You know what I mean? Because it's not like your computer. Like hardware takes some of the load, but with with game streaming, your internet connection takes the whole load. And I mean, you're gonna have wildly different levels of of broadband. And they said something like 15 megabits per second was what's recommended, and it's no way. It's no way. So, to, well, no, well, go ahead. Well, just as a, as a caveat, and I say this as a as a shadow as a current user of the shadow platform. Um, I mean, I'm I'm playing shadow on a daily basis on a platform on a laptop that is um, quad core core duo platform and that's some pretty old hardware and you know I'm able to get in you know yeah, I'm, I'm obviously connected wire I'm connected wire to a to a um, to a broadband connection and I'm able to get in and play first person shooters and fighters with very minimal latency um I say where would you experience. where would you I'm rate? Playing. And I'm I'm not saying it's like to be adversarial, but where would you rate your skill level? Uh, I rate my skill level as pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's not to be adversarial. I mean, granted, I'll say this. You know, this is new technology that Shadows introduced, and as more data centers become available for users or for players, and the close, I mean. One thing about latency that you're going to have that people have to realize, um, as a, the closer you are to the data centers or the streaming centers that you are, the less latency you're going you're going to experience because the less that's you know that's the less that compressed data has to, less distance that compressed data has to travel. Now, as the technology comes out, you know, or evolves rather, where you know the compression of that technology of that data that's going to the player, you know, improves, you're going to see more, um, you're going to see more of a uniform type of experience for folks that don't have heart, the same type of heart or don't have the same type of internet connection. Um, but like I said, a lot, uh, you know, for some streaming services, for some of the folks that are in the game right now in terms of cloud gaming, they're still really, um, in their developmental stage in terms of figuring that part of it out. Um, out of all the products we've seen that I've seen, you know, I know my, I know Dave has, you know, uh, mentioned GeForce Now and, and a couple other platforms. NVIDIA tried the Shield. Yeah, 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 NVIDIA Shield, you know, yeah, that's part of G, GeForce Now um, infrastructure. Um, Shadow is by far the fastest. And when I say that, it's quite literally, um, whether it's a laptop, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a phone, you can down for, download the application. And if you're connected to, you know, a viable Wi-Fi, you know, Wi-Fi connection, or even direct, even if you're on a machine, you're connected directly to the internet. You know, you're not seeing, 
you know, a great deal of latency when you're playing these types of games. For, you know, RPGs, League of Legends type of games, they're perfect. You don't see any difference. For fighting games, you know, depending on, you know, what you're playing on and, again, where you are uh, in terms of this particular service, you know, you're not really seeing that much of a drop-off. You're not. Well, and you're the uh, you're the person that's used them, so I have to defer to you and your user experience of it. If you think it's viable, I don't know how many people are on the platform. That'll also matter, which it matters like how many people are on your you know, in your like broadband distribution area. Well, like it, it it matters how well, many people are on it. Well, like I said, this is you know Shadow just you know just released in the United States. So right now between. Eastern Seaboard and Western Seaboard, that's where, where the majority of the data centers are. And as it stands right now, from their initial, uh, from their initial launch of the service, you know, good. Because most of folks are in, in, that are in, you know, located in these areas and close to these data centers are, you know, experiencing really high quality um, play. Uh, the challenge for services like Shadow uh, will be when they start to expand into other areas in the country, specifically the South, the Midwest, where data centers and internet connectivity is a little bit more spread out. And ISPs, you know, are are a little bit different in terms of quality. The fiber so, backbone isn't you know, as dense. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, Charlotte has, you know, you know, Charlotte has, you know, some places have Google Fiber backbone. Uh, some places don't have a, you know, a backbone to to mention, and that's you know you're talking about the Midwest, Pacific, not the Pacific Northwest, but you know the the side of that going toward you know going toward the West Coast before you get you know before the Rockies before you get to California, those you know those areas where you know it's uh, you know where the infrastructure isn't as developed as it is on the East and the West Coast or in the South. So those places, uh, you know, that's where we'll that's where we'll ultimately see w the development and you know how effective the completed pro the completed product for Shadow will be um, in terms of retaining customers and the like. So I'll, I'll jump in here. So two things. One, I have played Project Stream. I was one of the I was one of the lucky ones to get in early, and so I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ooh. <laughs> and I and I got the game for free, so I'm not really going to complain about that. But uh, but from what from what I played, it the lag was pretty indiscernible. For for now, I I say the caveat. I say with the caveat that I was I have a pretty fast internet connection, but I was on Wi-Fi. I wasn't I wasn't wired, so I was gaming over Wi-Fi. Uh, so I played Project Stream, I and mean, it was really good. Like it was almost, it was very nearly one to one. I'm honestly, I would say it was one to one. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell that it wasn't one to one. And I've, I played Shadow, I played, uh, uh, I played Anthem and Mass Effect on, and Doom on, uh, on GeForce Now, and I played it on Shadow, and it was pretty good. I mean, even for a first person shooter, uh, like. If you play them a lot, you can pro you could probably tell the probably very tell. very yeah. slight lag. But honestly, it was it was playable. 
uh, it was pretty. It, it was really playable. Now, I, I, I still don't know about competitive play. That still might be the thing that really tests the servers. But like, like, like Herb said, for RPGs, for in, like third-person shooters, like, like the Division Two, you could totally play that game on Shadow or, uh, or Stadia or something like that. You could, you could, you could play something like that. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I think I played the beta, the Division Two beta on, uh, on, on Shadow. I think. But um, yeah. And number two, I think Google tried to address this, and so they, I think they said that, depending on your on your internet connection, that'll determine what level of performance that you get. So I think they said like the lowest you should probably have is eight megabits. So if you have eight megabits, right, you'll be able to play probably a seven twenty p at thirty frames, right? Right. Uh, but if you have a high end connection, then you'll be able to get that four K sixty. So I think most people in the United States will probably be able to take advantage of it at some level. Like they might not get 60 frames, but it'll be playable. So if you're, right. if you're, um, I mean, if, if that's something that it's, it's a viable alternative for people who don't want to buy a console or who want to do PC gaming, but don't have PC gaming money. So that's real. Um, I mean, you're right about that. Uh, yes, it does. that's exactly. a very big barrier of entry, um, in, in, in gaming is the cost of the hardware and that's uh also like it stops like parents and savvy parents it's hard to justify like spending that kind of money on a console because i know they're gonna drop the new one in two or three you know what i mean in a couple years and you know like who wants to don't nobody want to do that twice i will yeah. I, I will say this um if you're if you're so i actually wrote an article about this yesterday about the like the value proposition and so like let's say you want to be a uh a a pc gamer like if you wanted to be a high-end pc gamer like i mean like like actually play a 4k 60 you're gonna have to get like a gtx 1080 ti or an rtx 2080 or something something like that and like one of those cars is like 500 no 700 dollars. so like it that's just for the graphics card like that's not including the rest of the pc <laughs> so uh if you if you don't have that kind of money which most people probably don't like this is a, a very viable uh option if you're trying to you know game at a higher level also you know we're, we're the black techies right we're, we try to center things around how this affects the black community so imagine if you're uh like a black game developer right and like google google uh they have like this whole platform that you can develop on like for stadia and so you know if you're an up-and-coming black game developer now you have a whole like a whole a whole uh, platform to develop on and like it everything is done in the cloud like you don't have to worry about necessarily having the the best computer for, for for programming or anything like that you can like google specifically said that like they want people to develop on stadia and like they'll even send you like machines that are geared specifically for development developing for stadia so i think for those like if you're listening and you're interested in game development like this might might I say might? <laughs> Who knows what, how 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 Google's gonna uh, support yeah. this given their uh, other Man. other Mine endeavors? The way of Aloe, yeah. <laughs> right? Given Aloe, yeah. but uh, well, but I mean, this yeah. could be a potential, you know, game changer. Well, well, I'll I'll also say this, you know, after watching the the development conference, you know, and the you know the introduction of of Stadia, um, 
and these guys are, are starting their own studio for development and for for game development. Not only are they starting their own studio, but they're starting their own studio specifically for the Stadia platform. And that is, you know, there's not too many other, you know, games, well, not, well, I won't say consoles because I think um, there are some out there, but that's a big step, you know, in terms of folks, you know, by the time this releases later in the year, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what they roll out. Uh, if it's, you know, if it's just a service and they, not only do they have relationship with third party, you know, with third party developers and, 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 you know, bigger gamer entities, and, you know, they got their own gaming studio and they're developing their own original content and games. Um, that is, um, that's really something to look forward to. I mean, at the very least, you know, to peak curiosity for folks to see what the product's going to look like. So um, that by itself is just, you know, the potential of it, there's a lot of potential there. And that, you know, in itself is, really it's a really good thing it's not you know if they if google falls on their face doing it um it won't be because it was an ill-fated or ill um idea you know because the concept itself is really really dope so before we uh so can i just hop in there we go there we go that's what i was waiting for (laughs) yay she made it (laughs) hey guys hey Hey, tiffany how are you So I I don't know how much we've covered. I've well I've been on here for a minute, but anyway, um, <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that the the point that Dominique made about not having to buy hardware, you know what I'm saying? Like that is one of the most appealing things to me about this. And depending on how they price it, right? Like it's like somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars a month or something like That's that. That's a no brainer. Yeah, like I'm all in, dude. Cause and then this whole idea of having a little button where I can be watching clips of people playing games on YouTube, and then I can just hit play now and play it. Like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just I don't want to like I don't like committing to buying like a sixty or seventy dollar game. Cause I don't know if I'm gonna like it that much. You know what I'm saying? So just the. For well, the, so far with the um with the consoles, you still have to own the game to play them. Exactly. And, yeah, I think and, for I think for Stadia, you might you might now they ha- I don't think they haven't really said any any details about how the games will actually work on there. But I th- you may, I think you still have to own the game. Oh, maybe. I still got to pay to like yeah. so so bad. So well, see, I don't know about that. Then I ain't as excited well, as I was at first. Well, I think <laughs> well, like I said, I think at this point, this was just the. A, a proof of concept, an introduction, and an introduction to the service. Uh, like I said, the service is going to be released later on this year, probably, um, you know, probably in the home stretch going for Christmas, you know, going toward mm-hmm. Christmas. Um, but I think a lot of the, stru- the pricing structure, how games are going to be obtained and licensed, is going to be revealed, um, you know, a lot sooner than later. Um, they've already got the hardware out. I know they they showed the hardware for 
for the gaming controllers at the at the conference. Right. And they've already got workable demos for those. So I don't think you know I don't think the other stuff is really that far off. It's just a matter of you know waiting for them to advertise or to reveal you know who the you know who the third parties are that they work they're, they're working with in terms of games who they have partnerships with and you know what their studio what their own studios are coming up with um i mean to be quite honest with you it's you know i mean the mystery behind it i mean it's 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 a little bit more it's a little bit more 007 for my taste in terms <laughs> of just you know just keeping all this on the hush i mean it's if you're going to do i mean if you're going to you know offer this to the this product to the to the customer and keep them informed you know you, you keep them informed yeah, but you know i will me. say even if even if i have to own the game to play it and i don't have to pay for the console i'd still be more apt to do it simply because you yeah. know i got to buy a new console every few years and you know what i'm saying i don't be want, i don't want to drop I'm gonna drop the money all the time for that, especially because I don't play. I don't have time to play as much as I want. Right. I don't play like a a wide variety of games. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Like truly, my PS4 acts more as like a media center type thing for me because that's how I, you know, I stream music. I I stream. I got you know like PS View for my cable types. So I, I use it for a little oh. bit of everything. More way YouTube more television, man. you know what I mean. So yeah. if I don't have to just keep buying consoles and I can just hop on my computer and and do my thing, like I think that's dope. Yeah, honestly, like I probably I just spent a bunch of money redoing my computer. So just off the strength of me being salty about wasting that money, I probably won't subscribe to them until it's time for an upgrade. Because mm-hmm. um, I can run everything on the planet at high right now. Oh man, I see. See now, now we got to chat about that uh, after the, after the podcast. I'm curious now, but see, but see, yeah. well, I will say, like for people like like me and Dominique, or maybe even maybe even uh, uh, Herb, <laughs> like for like people who either they're old school or they just prefer to have like something running locally. Like you probably won't have people like yeah. us <laughs> uh, subscribing long term <laughs> to it. Maybe to like to test it out or something like that. But like me personally, I prefer to have like my own machine. So <laughs> like yeah, I, I, I don't want I, I'm a network engineer, right? So I don't want I don't want my game to be at the mercy of the network. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I know how yeah, the network sure. works. <laughs> so well, well, I think I think also for you know just you know to, just to piggyback on what they just said you know i'm you know i'm an enterprise engineer myself you know i'm used to working with networks i'm used to running you know my own you know land my own lands and and stuff like that i know you know at at a work location that is that will remain nameless (laughs) early in my career you know i mean after work you know we ran our own half-life server half-life 2 you know and I mean, I'd rather have that option to be able to play locally with with friends and and throw penguin and throw explosive penguins at people and blow people up. But that's just me. Um, I mean, not to say that that's you know gaming like that in the cloud isn't really appealing because it is. Um, it's just gonna it's just going to not be as clear you know in terms of my interest 
with continued interest until I see the full functionality of the platform. So um, that's just a, a, you know, I think that's something that that's going to kind of come with the territory for a lot of people, for a lot of traditionalists and for a lot of, you know, a lot of younger new school folks that are just, you know, cloud, cloud, cloud. So, right. Well, I'm gonna uh, go ahead and, and, and move move uh, move ahead to our next topic. Actually, I think I might I think I might just jump into the the main topic since it's already uh, <laughs> I think we only got like less than 40 minutes left. But so I'm sure most of you all have already heard about the uh, shooting in New Zealand, which killed 50 people at a, a mosque in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, and there's been a lot of a lot of debate on that. A lot of well, it shouldn't really be any debate, but it's been a lot of uh, uh, talk, yeah. <laughs> talk about real. it and all let that. Let me tell you something. I mean, I'm, let me tell you something. Somewhere there's a group of four whites that are like, hey man, hashtag, hashtag Christchurch, man. Sometimes you gotta kill these. Like there's some there's some group of people somewhere that glorified this. Yeah. There was like a 17-year-old kid that egged the dude on. There's a lot of sick people out here, man. And white people, white men specifically, are hanging on to their power like you will not believe. They're not trying to let it go. No letting go. <laughs> not letting it go. <laughs> this dude. But yeah, I think, um, I, I, yeah, to, you know, to echo those sentiments and to piggyback off them. I think social, you know, what we're trying, what we're really getting getting to is the role that social media has in and helping, you know, extremist groups and stuff like that facilitate things like this. So, actually, uh, before, you, um, before you go, on, let me let me go ahead and uh and say so. The the shooter apparently he live streamed it on Facebook for like seventeen minutes, and then afterwards. Like a whole bunch of people like re-uploaded it or something like that, and said uh, Facebook said that they removed like 1.5 million videos of the attack. So uh, like that's crazy. But uh, but so yeah. to that point, you can keep going about 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 the about the social media impact. All right. Well, I mean, anybody has ever anybody has been on any sort of social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. You um, name it's, it. It's the wild, wild west <laughs> out there. <laughs> You're funny, Dami. You're funny, real funny, dude. Um, I mean, it, it, not only that, but I mean, it's become a real. Um, it's become a platform for folks to not just share ideas, but to become extremely organized and and really. Um, not just um, not just talk and pass this type of rhetoric around, but to inspire inspire people to violence, and that's something that uh, was readily apparent um, after this tragedy happened, and people started seeing where this guy got his influences from. Um, you know, our you know forty five popped into there as well which doesn't surprise me because the dude is tone deaf when it comes to social media and he uses the platform like, you know, a type of place with blocks. So it's it, those sorts of things and, and folks that take the rhetoric and the, and the vitriol that is commonly there on a regular basis and act on it 
um, it's becoming a real it's a, it's become a real problem. It's all you know, um, and this is just the latest example of it. You know, I mean, we've I mean, in our own country, we've seen this. Uh, you know, in Charleston, uh, we've seen it in Orlando. You know, both. You know where we had white nationalists or white, we had one place where a white supremacist ran into a church um, and effectively killed nine people in a church. I'm sorry, um, are you saying that white supremacy is a problem? Because you guys as president said that it's not. Uh, yeah. Why are we talking Why are we talking about that dude on the podcast? We're trying not to. No, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> I mean, he's, the leader, he's I, the leader of the free world and he said it's not a problem. So, I mean, it's got to be true, right? Yeah. He never lies. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I know everybody that's now listening to the podcast that can detest the, the, the sarcasm that's dripping from young, young Victoria's uh, comment right there. Sarcasm? But he's absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> he's absolutely right. <laughs> um, it, that, and, you know, that kind of goes to the crux of, you know, our conversation about this topic is that folks that have that kind of platform and, and hold that type of leadership um, leadership influence can do a lot of damage in terms of what they say, how they say it, and who they inspire to do acts like this. And of course, um, you know, after this happened, and you know, every every leader that has common sense in the in the known world you know, came out and said and did the right things. Um, you know, our boy uh, Omelette du Fromage came out and said, uh, well, you know, it's not really a big deal. It's not really a problem. And that's why we're here talking about it on the podcast, because it is. So, and, then, so then I guess the, the question then becomes, like, so before, actually before I say this, let, let me say to those who who are, you know, accuse Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, censoring them or whatever. Facebook, Twitter, any other social media are private companies, right? They are, they are allowed to censor whatever they want on their platform because it is their platform. Now, the First Amendment only applies to the government and only the government. It does not apply to private industry. So that said, <laughs> there have been calls for Facebook and Twitter and, you know, other social media networks to kind of like, tamp down on like the extremist you know videos or or content that gets put on there but like how do you how do you decide what is extreme and like what is just people disagreeing i don't know like like if someone if someone really is a white supremacist should they really have their like account deleted just because they're a white supremacist or should it only be if they incite violence like how do you like how do you distinguish between who to censor and who not to censor. I don't know. Well, I think mean, we don't take enough responsibility for ourselves. Like, it, I understand the conversation that we're having, and I understand why we're having it, you know what I'm saying? But the question that you asked, that you just asked, Dave, like, how do you determine how much is too much and all of that? Like, it's such a... um subjective thing that is like I don't know man I just think it's not Facebook or Twitter's responsibility 
completely to try to make sure we have like nice wholesome content that's not offensive or extreme or you know what I'm saying? Like of well, course you give people the counterpoint though. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think you were about to touch on that. They they are not completely responsible. We have to take some responsibility for the information that we receive and how we receive it. However, there are out. It'd be different if you just saw things in a chronological order based on when they were posted. But there's an algorithm that chooses to put stuff in your face and not to put stuff in your face. And again, the 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 primary business model. It's never going to be legit. It's never going to be fair. It's never going to be secure as long as we are the product and not the customer. If we were the customer, then we would we would get a much more curated product. We would get a much more um, vetted product. But we are not the customer. We are the product. Advertising advertising firms are the customer, and so they just they they kind of algorithmically force people into echo chambers, such that. Uh, I guarantee, like, we we just had a conversation about Shadow uh, the last time we were on this podcast, and I'm seeing ads for Shadow on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there, it's, you, there's no way you can be neutral. You can't have it both ways, is basically what I'm saying. Like, you can't be uh, uh, just like, hey, we're, we, it's a free country, and we can, but, you know, but not this, and not that, like, it's, like, I, I feel like there, there is more responsibility on them, there should be more than there is. Now, I don't think they have all of it, to your point, Tiffany. I don't think they have all of the responsibility, but more than they are owning now, I believe they have. Well, I'll, I'll also um, offer this. You know, from from a perspective in terms of crimes being committed or any sorts of acts of violence that, like in this case, you're talking about, you know, a mass murder that's being live streamed. That isn't that goes beyond the realms of of you know of of censorship or free speech. You're also talking about in the past where Facebook has had to combat um, specific types of I don't even want to call it rhetoric, but I want to you know specific types of communications where folks are actually using the platform to plan and to organize and to you know, commit specific types of acts. And that, you know, that was kind of, um, that was that was also a topic that was kind of revisited when this tragedy happened. You know, uh, when, you know, after this happened and, and we really got a clear picture of where this guy started to get his influences from and the fact that, you know, this was a very calculated um plan to stream this on Facebook while he was doing it um, to send a message or to inspire other folks to do specific acts like this. That's where, that's the gray area that platforms like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter have to deal with because you're, you know, in a lot of cases you're talking about lives lost and you're talking about a very real um, sort of threat. Where whether that is a threat to individual persons or, or property or something that may be identified by a state or identified by um, any any sort of governing entity as something that could be a potential uh, you know threat, so you know that is something that 
that's always going to be, you know, as these platforms become more successful, or rather, they're already uber successful. They, you know, practically run the planet. But, um, you know, that's what the CEOs and folks that manage these platforms are going to have to address. You know, that's one big, one big reason Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg's been, you know, in the turnstile in front of Congress back and forth for the last year or two, is to answer questions, you know, like that. Whether, you know, whether it's, you know, a white supremacist or it's an, any other extremist organization that may be using his platform, that's an international, that's internationally used as a global platform. The only problem, um, I, well, the only problem that I saw with him being questioned by Congress is that Congress is old, and like they they asked, yes, very old. They asked like the dumbest stupid. questions. Yeah, it was it, terrible. Yeah. I'm like, y'all. That was when I Google. Why when I Google my name, only bad stuff comes up. Yeah, I think maybe I you a bad person. Yeah. Like we don't yeah. make Google. So I think I quite literally lost lost fifty IQ points watching that hearing on C-SPAN, where he was in front of Congress asking. You know, answering really, really stupid questions from folks that could barely like operate themselves. It was just really bad, um, and, and I think that's also a big problem because I think um, you know folks, you know folks in leadership, whether it's our government or or other places, don't really understand the technology the way that they should understand it, and that is a huge problem. We need term limits. Man, yes. Well, it's <laughs> well, meant to yes. be a career. Yeah, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that you know any one of these CEOs could go in front of Congress and and pretty much you know just just put forth word salad in terms Yo. of the technical jargon that comes with you know co- that comes with you know some of the some of how these platforms work and. I, I quite honestly think that Congress wouldn't be none the wiser, honestly. I, I just, you know, it'd just be like, oh, okay, that sounds right. Okay. Yo, I bet you, uh, I bet I, you I'm, if you ask these dudes, if you ask these dudes if they consider themselves civil servants, like not on the clock, like if not on the record, but I guarantee you they don't consider themselves civil servants. They are politicians. They're playing a game. We are the, you know, we're the suckers in this. We we have the actual power, but we don't act like we do. Yeah, it's kind of sad, man. We're uninformed. We're apathetic. We don't vote. The only people that vote are people that ain't even gonna be here to live the outcome of the vote. Like, how you gonna have an opinion about uh, illegal immigration in Kentucky? They shouldn't even be allowed to vote about it. Like, <laughs> ain't no Mexicans in Kentucky. The, the few that are there are well beloved because who else going to do the stuff that they don't want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, border towns are fine with Mexicans. Yeah, mm. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's something to think about, uh, you know, for the, for the framework of this conversation um, in regards to the actual, to the, in, in regards to the actual shooting in New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw exactly the difference between, you know, their prime minister, how she came out and, and pretty much shut everything down in terms of, okay, this dude is looking for notoriety. We're not going to give it to him. Um, Anybody that's, you know, sharing this, you know, she immediately went to Facebook and social media 
the platforms was like, look, um, y'all need to do something about this. And, and you know, to, to shut it down or to do whatever. Um, whereas uh, our, you know, our president, uh, well, you've already seen the response. We don't need to. <laughs> uh, that That's just frustrating to even think about. But What did y'all president be thinking, um, man? Well, to, to to bring it back, kind of, I guess, to the question of what are the responsibilities why, of why the platform? Why can't be y'all president, man? I, <laughs> I, I see this stuff, like the stuff that happens, like these these problems that we face with social media or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, as technology advances, we just, we get a new set of problems. And we just got to figure out how to mitigate them to the best of our abilities but i would i would prefer to to err on the side of freedom you know what i'm saying like yeah like you know we when 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 we when we got cars we started having car accidents so what can we do where we can still drive the cars and take the cars where we want them to go but try to save some lives you know what i'm saying so have ai drive them <laughs> <laughs> well i think i, I in this in this instance when we're talking about a platform come get done with you, man. you guys you guys you guys are serious. you guys are hilarious man um well i think in this case when we're talking about you know the nature of social media and um you know we got to understand what that nature is and that nature is you know complete interconnectivity um information whatever we want it um mm-hmm. and you know, complete social interaction on a very, very, very large scale, a global scale. Mm-hmm. And that's something that um, I think a lot of governments, including our own, especially our own, don't really grasp yet. They don't get the idea that, okay, uh, if I see send this tweet out, um, it could potentially affect somebody, you know, halfway around the world and give them an idea about something. You know, it, it's just... I mean, we, uh, I, I can't really, you know, I can't really put into words how much, you know, it frustrates me to see, you know, again, the guy that resides in the Oval Office right now, you know, hop on Twitter or, on, you know, on a, on a daily basis and just say specific things and you're like, what in that? Who, you're somebody talking, you're talking take about president? Yeah. Why has it got to be y'all president, man? I, 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 I ain't got nothing to do with that dude. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a sovereign I mean, too. I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't like orange. You know, I, I don't. You know, I ain't got nothing to do with that cat. But um, I mean, the bottom line is that I, I'm a contractor, dude. No, <laughs> really? <laughs> that would be claiming that. <laughs> hey, hey! Before you before you even go there, bro. Don't, 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 don't. I, you know, I've provided service for the government, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, so I you mean, service Donald Trump. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> now, see, there you go. You know, see? you know what we need? We need like a whole segment just for Dominique. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, man, for real, man. <laughs> we need what? Like, <laughs> let him go. We need like a, a black techie uncut like, and like just like no him and Roberto, like both of them. We just need both of them yeah. like on a podcast, just. I don't know. We, we, that we might that might need to be we like need. a separate like sub podcast. Like you all can like record mm-hmm. on like 
Thursday. I don't know. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, if we need to cuss on we there. I, I want to come on there a couple times just to Hey, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we know we can't have David and her on here cuz you know we like that's your boss. But really really though. <laughs> You know, it's all good. Listen, you really? got to get your coins. Really? I ain't never knocking nobody. The only person I so, knock that works so, for Donald Trump is so Diamond now, and Silk because I don't think he paying so them now, well now enough we, for them to coon out like that. So now we big. Yeah. So now we big brother now, man. We're we're we you know we're the we're the listening apparatus for the podcast now. That's that's how you it know. works. <laughs> so uh, I don't wow. said his name enough times, but uh, you know, like the Candy Man or whatever. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like. <laughs> It's like like uh, like wow. juice or something. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We don't uh, want them problems. Yeah, like like we're going back like we're we're going back to work and said, Oh, Dominique just said blacky black, 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 blacky black, black, black on the podcast. I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. So it's somewhat somewhat related to somewhat related to uh to the topic. Like so did you all hear about the uh that Either it's a senator or someone like is suing Twitter, cause oh cause, no yeah, because oh. they're making fun of him on Twitter. Oh man, he's going for two hundred fifty million. Wait, say it again. He's going for two hundred and fifty million dollars for for them of, because they're not nice to him. What? That's a lot of po- that's a lot of politician tears right there, man. For two hundred and fifty million, you can buy whole new tear ducts and like and cry that's again, like. For real. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's see, like that's that, that's, that's <laughs> how like how do you claim to represent some like to represent a whole constituency and like and you offended by what people say you want Twitter like I mean on. I just I mean I just want to hear what that first town hall is gonna be like after this lawsuit honestly I, I mean I mean somebody's gonna be crowds like man um are you gonna sue us if we ask the wrong question at the at the town hall. Do we have to worry about that? Right. Do we need legal representation at this town hall because we might hurt your feelings? I mean, do you want another jar for your tears for this town hall? <laughs> I mean, it's just that sort of thing is. Uh, oh man, it's just crazy. It's I don't know. But uh, I got some good news and bad news. Time uh, to go. Actually, the bad news is yeah, <laughs> we gotta time to hang it up. But the good news for all the listeners out there is that. You know, we can keep this going. We can keep this going on our very own Facebook group, the Black Techies Collective. So please come and join us. We'll, we'll, uh, in fact, that might be something we can do. Like right after we post the podcast, we can actually uh, make a topic that yeah. further di- that further discusses the podcast. So we can kind of keep going because this is a topic that I think everyone else would might want to want to chime in on. So I think this might be. This might be something we can we can kind of do every time we post a Ooh, podcast. We about to talk so. about politics on Facebook. <laughs> I know, right? What could go wrong, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> but uh, for those listening who who uh, who who did vote for for, quiet. for our current president, you know, 